Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyday Music People. I'm John Lord and today you join us for what will be our sixth instalment of this show. So we can't thank you enough for listening. It's the, the figures are absolutely brilliant so far today and we hope that you can continue to help us spread the word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. It'll help us. It'll make the show more visible on the streaming platforms and it'll push us up into the search engines and the likes. And if you want to get involved, remember to give us an email at everydaymusicpeople at gmail.com. We'll fire over some questions and arrange to get you booked in for a interview. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest, which is Mr. Lees Johnson. Hi, Lees. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm very well. How are you? Actually, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Like, it's uh, chilling on a Thursday evening with a bottle of Star of Brahman, and I've just had my tea, so it's all good. Excellent. I've got to ask you then, what did you have for your tea? Um, beans on toast with um, sriracha sauce over it. Right. Heating it up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Not cur- not curried beans. I don't think I've ever had curry beans. Very nice. Very nice. So whereabouts are you from then? I'm actually based in Warrington, um, lived here quite a lot and uh, kind of moved um, out to Newcastle for about seven or eight years, something like that, and then came back from a work point of view. Excellent. And uh, just to set the scene, Lees, before we crack on into your story, what are you wearing? pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. Me works T-shirt. <laughs> Sound. And my hair, that's about it. Wearing your hair, yeah, wearing it well. Absolutely, as usual, like. Yeah, it's taken me longer to wash my face because mine's falling out, but we'll, you know, that's another story. Grass doesn't grow on a busy street, mate, they say. Is that what they absolutely. say? Absolutely. I mean, Uncle Reg does anyway, like, or did. Well, I am, I'm sticking with that one, mate. I'll stick that one in the, uh, in the old memory. <laughs> so we're going to start off right at the very beginning. And the first question that I want to ask you is, what was the first music you were aware of and how old were you? First, I was probably about five. I was kind of fascinated with my mum's 45 record player that you could stack up tunes. So you could put about seven or eight singles on. And when it, when a tune finished, the arm returned and then the next disc would drop down and the arm would go back and play the next disc, as it were. As, kind right. of like, as, as a kid, I found that fascinating and... Um, just stuck on all of these sort of stuff. So it's probably like uh, Bobby V, the Beatles and the Beach Boys, that sort of stuff. My mum's a bit of a 60s child, so it was about 77, something like that. So it's just kind of rem- remnants of old 45s. Not a bad starting block, that really, is it? Not really, no. There were there were some howlers in there. <laughs> I can't particularly remember remember them. What sort of songs in particular were sticking out to you there from those days? Probably the Beatles, I think. A lot of the... the when I was in, in the infants, a lot of the sort of teachers were still getting us to, to sort of colour in pictures of Octopus's garden. Like a lot of our sort of curriculum was probably based on... LSD. <laughs> probably probably based on lysergic acid, you know? But that's, Perfect start out in life. Here you go. Here's, an, here's a nutcase off a box on LSD. It's going to teach you how to colour. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, you could have worse teachers to teach you about the the meanings of colour, couldn't you? Than somebody off the tits on LSD. Yeah, man, absolutely, yeah, I suppose so. Like more interesting than mine, which is like sitting around singing "Kumbaya" or something like that. <laughs> I think we did like um, I think yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of like Christian thing. I, me- I remember at once the um, they made us do country dancing. I don't know why I'm even telling you this. No, it's fine. It's music related. You're fine. Go for it. 
Like it was, a, it was a bit like a scene from The Wicker Man. A big pole with a load of string. Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing like right. And you you go round like weaving in and out, making this offset pattern, and then you kind of go the other way around to like um like to whatever foldy roll this sort of um headmaster was thing. Oh, that's as weird. That's as weird as it got. So so that that your first music there, and then the. the you you've got to get into sort of your preteens here. You know, we 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 asked for three songs that represent those those preteens, and I just sort of let us know where these come into it. You know, how old you were at this time. You know, so your three songs, if you want to give us those, Lee's. Stand and deliver by Adam and the Ants. Um, I don't know. It's probably the first band that I was into. Yeah, yeah. Ninety nine Red Balloons is my next one by Nana. If you know it. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't know it? It's a, it's a, you know, it's a classic pop tune. I don't think I liked it at the time. And like, do you get this when you you look back and you you, you hated a tune at the time, and then you kind of look back, like you know, ten years later and go, actually, that was an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. And I and I really missed out on it. I really missed out on how good it was at the time. Like um, Eurythmics, um, Sweet Dreams. Yeah. It's just yeah. like is is just like floors me now when I listen to it. It's just insane. You know. I, th- I think that a lot of people get struck by that, don't they? When does everybody do that? I, I probably certainly have. Right. Okay. We're getting very deep. My last track is um, "Frankie Goes to Hollywood." Relax, which is just an absolute storm. Do you know what's really surprising? Is "Relax, Frankie Goes to Hollywood" is the only Frankie Goes to Hollywood song that I was really aware of, and obviously two tribes. The amount of times that "Frankie Goes to Hollywood" has been mentioned by people who we've recorded for these podcasts is unbelievable. It's three, three really good tunes there. The Adam and the Ants thing, did that, was was the new romantic thing something for you or was it, you know, was it just Adam and the Ants in particular? I think it was probably off the back of maybe liking punk or listening to punk and, and not really going the full Mohican from a music point right. of view too early because yeah, yeah. Adam and the Ants were a little bit watered down punk maybe. But like, like I said before, if you listen to the earlier albums, that's kind of pretty much where the sensibilities are coming from really, I think. So if you were to recommend to the listeners any particular albums from Adam, Adam and the Ants, what, what would you put forward? Uh, I like him. I'd just go for Dirt Wears White Socks, man. Yeah? It's a great, yeah, it's a great album. Sort yeah. of thing like, you know, right, it's... cool. Well, I'll make sure that I go and listen to Dirt Wears White Socks. Yeah, we'll get that sorted. So you're, you're, you're moving through your preteens. You're getting a bit older. Did you get part of a scene? Um, I was a metalhead, man. Yeah. Long hair, denim jacket with patches. I ended up going from like, you know, sort of listening to a lot of Queen, 11 or 12, to sort of hearing Iron Maiden and kind of like, you know, just really getting getting into them and kind of uh, going from there. Like, What attracted you to the metal? I think, I think guitar-based music. It was probably picking up a guitar at about that time. Right. You know, it was something to sort of progress to, you know, like, a, like at that time. I can't even remember the year, but like, um, like there wasn't really sort of like uh, much stuff going on in the charts. It was guitar based, and mm. it was getting towards sort of Stone Roses, which are guitar based. Yeah. It's getting towards sort of like rave scene and dancey stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of like, um, you know, you can't really, you know, we're trying to learn an instrument. I probably headed in that that direction, like metal stuff. And it's pretty obvious that it's a guitar, isn't it? You know, some of the other stuff, like you know, you can tell metal guitar as soon as the distortions on it you're like shit that's peaked my ears i'm listening to that i want to do that yeah absolutely so 
other bands apart from Maiden? Were they? I went on for Maiden, progressed into Metallica and Slayer, and all me like sort of thrash stuff. Like I kind of like at that time, like um, uh, uh, me influences were really based on like you know listening to stuff and guitar, but like sounding old. Like there was no YouTube or like um, you could go to Dawson's and buy uh, how to play books that was but there was nothing really specific how to play sort of this board by this band and that by that band or the world there was tablature books but they were bloody expensive yeah 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 like you know 30 30 quid sort of thing like you know to get a tablature book of an album where now you can literally go onto youtube and just sort of have some dude show you out exactly how to do it like you know yeah yeah yeah, i spent most most of my time getting me records and oh, most of the time learning, getting me records and um, hopping the needle back to the start of the track. Nice. Of it. Yeah. And then, all oh, right, I've got that bit wrong and then hopping it back and then trying to sort of figure out what they're doing and keep like, you know, ruined most of me vinyl just by learning to play guitar. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the tracks, usually the start of the tracks, like, you know, I mean, it's. I mean, there's quite a key indicator that you had an ear for music. You know, you you went away from not buying the tablet just to be able to read it out of a book, and you went and listened to it and worked it out. I was very much similar in the sense of I taught myself by ear. You know, I never had guitar lessons and the likes. And I think that you you get to feel your music more, don't you, by listening yeah, to yeah. it? How did you how did you do that then and learning by? Did you, how did you learn by ear? Um, how old was I? I was. Just, I was seven when I started playing. Nice. Um, and I just used to, very, very early on, I just used to have this little Spanish acoustic guitar, nylon string thing. And I just used to listen to songs that might be on the radio and then just pick notes. I'd find them all across an E string or something like that or whatever. And then as it progressed, I taught myself the chords, Got obviously got chords out of a book. You're not going to work out how to make a G shape or an A minor on your own, are you? Let's be honest. So, so I taught them, but then I taught myself the songs by listening to them. Just used to sit going, yeah, going over and over and over for hours. Yeah, I think like him, I think that was the way to do it then. And maybe that sort of repetition gives you a good sort of start, like you know. I think that I've, I've had a look at some of these apps that have come out, like musician and stuff like that. And to me, it just seems so, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Soulless. It's just like, oh, here you go. You want to learn how to play guitar? This will make you learn how to play guitar. And for me, it was the music that was piquing my interest. You know, I was like, oh, I love that. I've got to do that. I've got to work out how to play that. Unfortunately, now, you know, I put a piece of music on and probably by the end of the song, I'm playing it, you know? So it's like... Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. that's what I'm at now. So that's 20 years of... 20 years of doing it if um someone who doesn't play the guitar sees that it's such a long way off to actually get to that point where you go yeah yeah like I, i'd listen to something and within a couple of minutes i'll be playing it it's yeah. like people's like especially if they're non-guitarist or non-musician or whatever so i think the jaws drop and they go how the bloody hell do you do that you know it's yeah. like um yeah i think it's it's just practice and above anything else and, and and mental muscle memory isn't it mm-hmm. you just it just it's patterns it's algorithms it's in your head you can you know you've heard that shift you've heard that change before you've done it before you know there it is and anyway we're digressing there's something you've put here that i want to call you out on go on you said you released a few tapes in Warrington and played some mad gigs. And yeah. The next thing that you've put here, oh, right? And, and like I know we're going to go for this. Like um, I've got the story in my head already. Like so, obviously, I, like um, as I progressed into sort of like you know, sort of like um, 
like 17 or 18 sort of thing, like playing gigs in town and stuff like, which was quite good. Um, one of the bands, uh, Martin was in Frog. We kind of played with them uh, a couple of times on the same bill. Yeah. Um, like, but one of the first gigs I ever played um, was like, we were in a metal band, so we were just doing covers. And um, we like, we had to get the, um, a big Marshall, like, you know, 4B12 cab. Yeah. From one side of Warrington to the other, like, and um, I just flagged the bus down, and we just jumped on, and we gave the bus driver fifty p for us, because he could see that we were struggling. Yeah. Um, so you, you basically from the YMCA over to to wherever, like, yeah. as it was in those days, and then um, so we did this gig, and um, or we went to this place, and the guy went, no, no, you double booked. Um, it's bingo night tonight. Sorry, no luck, sort of thing. Like, so we were having like all of these metal kids turning up in about an hour. So we went to the next club down, like the next pub down. Said, "Can we? Can we? Like, we've got, we've got a gig tonight. Can we? Can we think go?" And the guy went because he was quiet and he like wanted people behind his bar or people sort of like you know it's bar and stuff. He said, "Yeah, fine." Like you know, so we ended up playing this gig and and someone broke one of the urinals or broke one of the the the, the toilets like. And this guy stopped the gig halfway through. You know, we were playing Metallica, right? And he said, right, you bastards. Who smashed me shitter? Right? And he basically got off. He went nuts. Who smashed me shitter? <laughs> um, like um, all of the money that we've made, like, you know, charging people a quid to right. get, you know, we had to give to this dude, like to, like, to get his toilet fixed. Poor lad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You Rock know, and roll. It was probably the first gig that I ever put on, and like someone had just kicked in one of the toilets. Just like, oh, for fuck's sake! And you must have been some mad gigs. You said yourself you're, when you're younger, you just don't know what you're doing. Like you're just kind of falling from pillar to post. Like those were the, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like they're all they're always good. Everyone's just completely like out of the reds, and um, yeah, just like playing some loud music. It's just, like I don't think it like it'll ever change. I think kids will always do it. Like. Yeah. So, so that time, give me three songs that represent those teenage years. Um, okay, Bob Dylan's 115th Dream. Right. Um, I'll get to this later, but it's a kind of like a bit of a funny track. It's like him kind of singing about uh, discovering America. Um, second one, Rain in Blood by Slayer. Great tune. Um, yeah, it's immense. And um, Strangitude by the Osrix, like, you know, which is um, also like a, a, an absolutely nuts tune. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I listened to it yesterday. I thought it was fantastic. Good, yeah, it's um, it's like um, it's a, a pretty good tune, especially if you have it with earphones on or cranked up really loud. I never listen. I I'll never ever listen to music without earphones. I can't. When I send songs about and people say, "Oh, just listen to it," it's like you definitely didn't have earphones in, did you? How how do you know what it sounds like coming through a phone speaker? Yeah, I wouldn't listen to anything on the phones. But like with, with that one, especially at the end, there's this sort of like weird flutter and it's quite disorientating when you listen to it. I didn't pick that up. I'll have to go back and pick that up. It slows down towards the end and there's a flutter and it's like like um, if you're by any way um, jaded, it's like, um, yeah, it kind of knocks you sick. It's good. Jaded. Perfect use of the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. So, so the band of your teenage years... Going to be Metallica. Just loved them when I was a kid. Like as I said, ruined most of my vinyl. Figuring out how to play guitar. Loved like Hetfield's playing, singing style, and stuff. Kind of got gone off them since. Like you know, mm. 
but at that time, like around about, like, you know, like Master of Puppets and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it was sort of great, like, you know, it's like weird to think that, like, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they were definitely in their peak at that point, weren't they? They were, yeah. they were king, kings of, uh, of that, that ilk. What did you think when they came back with that St. Anger album? Oh, man, it sucked. Really did. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the one after Sent Anger? Um, I don't know. They've done some, like, um, I think they've just been a, hit, a bit hit and miss ever since the Black Album, I think, maybe. Like, um, I think they're just kind of, like, a little bit more formulaic, like, you know. We we, we discussed this quite a bit with a few, few people about, you know, the bands that they have and what they were into and how those bands change over time and the likes. And I, I think that Metallica, for me, are one of the standout bands that have done that. You know, they're the absolute, captains of industry weren't they you know of their game the top of their field you know they yeah, just, yeah yeah you can't say you don't like them or you can't say that you, you you can't appreciate what they did but i think that then when they when they came out with this um you know say anger thing for me i was like i don't fucking i do not get that at all it sounded it sounded like they they'd gone too far they tried to they tried to latch on to I don't know whether it was the new metal movement or whatever that was going on at that time, but it was just, it sounded like a skeleton having a wank in a biscuit tin. (laughs) Man, I might, to be honest, like if I went and listened to it now, like I don't think I could get that analogy out of my head. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. (laughs) That's all right. I mean, I did listen to it at the time. I went, nah, but like me, I think, I don't know if it was like, because like my music taste was changing at that time. Again, like, you know, it was kind of like, like we were saying, uh, was it during this interview or the pre where we were saying like, you kind of shut yourself off into a scene maybe a little bit too much. I probably did that. Like yeah. when I was sort of, um, when I was um, younger, sort of up until about 16 or 17 sort of thing like, and then you taste change and develop mature and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I probably just kind of like, like I kind of left them behind after the black album. I think like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a curveball here. Cause it's something, it's something that we've, we've not put down, but what was your first um, gig? It was Anthrax um, playing wow. playing wow. at the um, the Apollo in Manchester, and it was just nuts. It was just absolutely crackers, like you know. I went to some really bonkers metal gigs when I was a kid. Like I saw um, Sepultura at the International too, and um, it was a tiny place, like, and um, it was there was so many people in there, like it was basically raining sweat from the ceiling you just look up and you get a mouthful yeah. of somebody else's sweat that had pooled that had pooled <laughs> on like um on the ceiling tiles and just dropped down into your eyes nice nice i miss i miss venues like that they don't exist anymore do they i i used, I used to love the road the roadhouse was great for that you'd get more than 50 people in to watch a band and everyone was just like throwing up because it was that hot do you know what i mean it was <laughs> you did I that. there was one i've not seen not been before in manchester um uh, well, about Gorilla, which was pretty good. Yeah. What's one like? It's about a poet, sort of thing, or like, or uh, something like that. Like, I can't remember the name of the venue. God knows. I digress. What is it? A ven- uh, on upstairs venue. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, no, no, I, I can't remember. All like, I went to the. Is it the Velvet Lounge or the Ruby Lounge, which looked like it should have been out of um, Scarface. Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or a really illicit pornographic movie. 
<laughs> to be honest, I, like, um, I don't really look at the backgrounds. Right. Oh, no. I'm, movies. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of a different one there. I'm thinking of, it's Life Cafe that looked like it should be in an illicit pornographic movie. Oh, yeah, I've been. Oh, it was Live Cafe. You no, know, that's a night and day. I'm thinking of Live Cafe was the one downstairs, which was on Peter Street. And you went down, and there was all these sexual booths knocking about, and then just a stage in the corner. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uncomfortable to play there. So. There's some great there's some great venues, sort of thing. Yeah, like. but there's the, some great venues. You know, before we came on, we were talking about, you know, the, the untimed music scene locally to us. And, you know, those venues yeah. just don't, don't exist the way that they used to anymore. And, you know, no, it's a shame, really. But um, it, I think it is what it is, especially at the moment. The arse has fallen out of the world with COVID. Like, yeah, um, true. Hopefully we'll see something like, I think people are absolutely chomping at the bit to go and see out some live music sort of yeah. thing. So that might be, um, that might be pretty cool for like, you know, for local scenes and stuff yeah. like, um, cause, um, yeah, you, you're just not going to get tickets to see anything for a while. Like, no, no, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got loads of shows booked in for next year to, to go and watch. Don't play anymore, but I've, is that what for, for this year? 2021. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I know. Yeah. How many, have you, how many have you had cancelled on you by the way? Um, all of them are rearranged from last year that I've I've got tickets to this year. So I've got Slow Readers Club in April, I think. I've got Lannis Morissette this year. I've, nice ones, that. Uh, October, I want to say. I've got Bring Me the Horizon at the O2 in London in September. Cool. Uh, I think, like, I think you'll be looking around about September, October for stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think like, um, I've got, like, I, I had tickets to... Um, back to jury which got canned last year and it was meant to be in sort of um march of this year and that's got canned unfortunately like and then i've got tickets for john grant yeah. in may and it looks like that's probably going to go tits up as well like. yeah yeah and i've also unfortunately got tickets for glastonbury but that uh, just doesn't i don't think that's going to be happening no you know no, I, I think it's safe to say that we're going to experience another year like last on that front i think yeah, I think so until later in the year. But like, um, like we we did it like when it was like a you know like the glass and we have a, have a fallow year, mm. and um, we were going right. Let's let's go and take um because we'd like like you do it like in a big festival anyway. You'll take a punt on a band. You'll have a listen to him like before then and go. Oh, yeah, let's go and see him live. I don't know anything about him or, or like you know, but I like him. What I've heard online and stuff. Mm. And like, we were sort of taking um like punts on going, you know, spend 20 quid and go and see a gig of a band that you've kind of like, you know, never seen or never really heard of sort of thing and coming out with some great stuff. Like yeah, it, yeah, it? yeah. And that's the beauty of how live music used to be and how it, we hope it comes back to, you know, those those days of accessibility and being able to get a ticket on the door at the academy or whatever in town to go and watch somebody. You, you, you just head out, night out for a, for a year or whatever, go and watch a gig great night come out of it going they're all right then the artist gets some money they get an album purchased you even get a t-shirt on the way out moving into your adult years what's the lot of the three tracks that soundtracked your adult years massive love of mine queens of the stone age so um, regular john which is um I, I, I like um, first time i seen him the like they played the intro to this and it went on for about like 20 minutes Brilliant. Just, just how I like to start a show, a 20 minute instrumental. <laughs> you know, it was, 
it was just like it was it, it was getting to the point where you know when you're kind of on edge going are they ever going to change this riff and then i uh, like you know then then the drums kicking and it all goes off sort of thing it's one of those where it's just like oh man so like yeah that was probably one of the first times i'd seen them they just played that at the start and it was just like yeah no i'm gonna have a good night um second one um happiness is a warm gun by the beatles nice tune good choice I like to, like um it's like me me bro pointed out the actual title is a kind of joke yeah as it were like a, a penis is a warm gun essentially like you know make love not war sort of thing like you know it's got like a lovely little kind of like a like le- like a lot of Lennon stuff's got like lovely little riddles wrapped up in his in his in his yeah. prose as it were like and my third one is Saint Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast by Frank Zappa crazy man. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, which is the track that usually, if I say to someone, "Have you ever heard?" and he's Frank Zappa, and you go, "No, what that kind of weird dude?" and I go, "Yeah, I've listened to this track," and then it puts them off instantly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. So we we obviously put a Spotify playlist together that goes alongside your podcast, and um, so everybody who's listening to this now has got to go away and listen to this track if you've not already heard it before. That is because it's a little. It's a little bit nuts. It's nuts. I think it kind of um, it kind of introduces the zapper really well because it is his music's like that. It's all over the place, sort of thing. Like you know, in some places it sounds like um, the start of a news bulletin in the track, and then it goes into sort of like an abstract. Bit. It's just absolutely crackers. It's just crazy to follow. It's just imagine trying to work that out on your guitar. No, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. no. Absolutely, it's just it's just crazy, and obviously, then moving into Zappa, well timed, you know, nice little segue here into the band, band of your adult years, Frank Zappa. Yeah, Zappa. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I turned out to be a Zappa boy, and you kind of meet him, and people just hark on up against and sort of thing like. There's actually there's a recent film out called Zappa, believe it or not, huh? by um, Alex Winter, who was oh, right. yeah, um, yeah. who was. Um, he was either Bill or Ted in, um, yeah, but yeah. not Keanu Reeves. Something like um, he's he's done a like a biopic on his life, um, which has been out recently, and it's yeah, it's pretty good. You seen it, have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Watched it sort of um, on streaming a couple of weeks back, and it's just like uh, it doesn't really tell you if you like um, uh, the guy sort of thing. It doesn't really tell you much kind of new, yeah. Um, but it just sort of charts his life and kind of um, like. Um, you know where he was in certain places and stuff it's quite good i don't hear many people talk about frank zappa um i don't i don't really i've never really got into him myself personally yeah but he's kind of like i can understand i can get the attraction to it i can understand you know the the way that he played with music and the way that he experimented with it um really did give something very unique didn't it yeah yeah i mean he went on to do like lots of classical stuff um, before he died and um that was kind of like um and i've not even kind of explored any of that yeah I'm, I'm still kind of sitting in the middle of his career because he like at one point he was like releasing like you know like uh, um like you know three or four albums a year yeah, yeah. you know um which is just like you know which is massive amount of like stuff to turn out some of it's crap some of it's just amazing like you know but the, but the like the experimentation that goes into this can you think about how much effort's gone into those four how much time and effort and sweat and i think that that's the bit about zappa that if people think oh, a lot of shit it's taxing 
it really is taxing and yeah yeah you know, totally like he's clearly as well as i i kind of got into him because um i kind of like there's there's this saying of, like you kind of you you're drawn in by the stuff that makes you laugh and then you kind of stay for the musicianship yeah and um, like, like some of his stuff's like you know like um, really tongue in cheek, stupid lyrics, uh, and, and quite offensive in some places and stuff. He always tried like to like to offend people. Like I don't find like bands aren't funny, are they? Do you know what I mean? Like um, you like you listen to me, music isn't funny. And I kind of like when I started listening to Zappa. Yeah, some of this is absolutely hilarious. Where you listen to a song and you're just pissing your sides because it's dead funny. It's either it's either musically funny because you're laughing because it's absolutely bonkers, yeah. or like uh, the lyrics itself or the actual like theme of it. Like, music shouldn't really be that serious, like because like you know most of the time I'm kind of not serious at right. all. So finding something like a like a, a, and that's probably probably why I got out of heavy metal quite a bit because everyone's like really miserable about yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like um, like you know, people might write songs that are euphoric or, or, or whatever sort of thing, like you know. But you don't really get like off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything that's like any any bands that are actually funny anymore. Yeah, it's really interesting. That really interesting. I've never, I've never, I've never thought of this before. You know, yeah. comedy and music—it's it's something that's never even crossed my mind. <laughs> you could have Jasper Carrot and stuff like that, <laughs> sort of thing, like you know, <laughs> you know and then Mike Harvin talking about his twelve stone fucking budgie uh, and everything, like you know, and like yeah, you've got that type of thing. But when you've got like a music by people who actually aren't sort of comedians, as it were, they're actually musicians and they're writing. Like um, I guess the funny people to talk to normally, and that comes out in the music and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it's it's kind of weird to to see, really. Like you know, it's weird to listen to anyway. That's that's probably quite bizarre because I've never, like I say, I've never really thought about comedy and music, and considering that it is the most you know utilized art, you know, you can have, you can have comedy in art itself, you can have comedy in literacy, you can have comedy in movies, but. You know why? Why is there no more? You know, I was thinking myself about it pre-interview, sort of thing, like with the questions and stuff like that, and why I'd chosen because I knew you were going to kind of get into this. Why I'd chosen these bands and stuff, and I thought, yeah, it just doesn't seem to happen. And like, um, like, but you 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 hunt out these bands, and um, they're, they're fucking hilarious. Like, you know, they're great to listen to. Like, you know. So, what song makes you cry? Um, Polo Asado by Ween. Did you like it? Did I like it? Right, I'm telling you, I didn't know whether to cry, laugh, or get my calculator out. <laughs> it was. It's just great for the people who like um, uh, who haven't heard it before. It's almost like a, a like a lounge guitar going on the background of some stoner ordering um, chicken and guacamole at some beach hut and a guago. Can you make me some guacamole? I like guacamole. Uh, can I have some? Can I have some more cheese on my flat so on my fries, please? Yeah. And so it's, it's just completely fucked up. I love it. it uh, honest to God, I was I I loved it. It's on about a basket of chips, two two large iced teas, and then he's like, oh, "Can I can I have some more cheese on it?" And I'm sat there going, "You've already asked for the fucking cheese." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but the thing where they're like, it's like the same guy 
coming back to the to the to the, to the restaurant or to the takeout ordering. It's like eating strong stuff, like you know. It's a total um, it's a total stoner song, like you know. It's totally like it's a st- total stoner munchy song, but it's hilarious, like you know. Well, the beautiful thing is, I've found it online, and it will be on your Spotify playlist. And I say to anybody who's listening to this podcast now, pause it and go and listen to that song. Oh, so it's it's a good tune. I, I've I've never heard anything like it. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. I was like, hey, come on. And then this, I'm thinking, right, it's going to kick in now. Because I've listened to, you know, I've read through some of your other choices. And there was the Metalhead, the Longhead, the Slayers on there, Beatles, Queen of the Stone Age. I thought, right, this ween, these sound like some dirty, grungy band. I thought, right, I'm going to. And then all of a sudden, this guy just starts putting a fucking food order in. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> The the thing to, in in a way, right? Like a Ween kind of remind me of the Beatles quite a lot, like because right, okay. like the Beatles were like um, like you know one song would be sort of like like this, and the next song would be sort of country and western, and the next song would be like really like full on heavy metal or like you know or death metal or whatever, like and then and like then they'll sort of like you know just be ballads and stuff like that. They're just all over the shop, but like um, funny with it as well. You know what I mean? I think they kind of like, they must have these little briefs. Let's write a song about um, um, getting stoned and ordering from a takeout. Must be. So funny. It's so funny. Good, good stuff. I love it. What song makes you nostalgic? Um, I didn't answer this one, did I? You Well, you said that you did. Yeah. Um, but this is no the last way. question I answered. Uh, and I'm going for, and then I didn't answer it. I don't really know. I haven't really got any songs that, well, most songs make me nostalgic, so there's probably too many. I mean, some of, some of your choices are quite retrospective, aren't they? You know, some of the, you know, you know, you're not talking about the likes of the Arctic Monkeys and these days. So I can understand that some of the, the, the tunes and the, the bands that you've, they're going to be nostalgic bands anyway. Am I right for saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably boxing that off, but there's no in particular song that reminds you of a particular time in your... To be honest, they all do. Like, you know, like say like um, 99 Red Balloons, you know, one of the first tunes that you think of reminds me of being um, like away with with school um, when I was like, um, when I was like, you know, you go on one of these adventure holidays sort of thing, like everybody oh, yeah. usually does, you know, when you're in sort of like junior school or whatever, like... So they all have, I think, like all of the tracks that I think of, I've got like stories and thoughts about them all. So they're all quite nostalgic. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Favourite movie because of its music? Blues Brothers, man. Yeah. Here we go with the comedy as well, you know. Um, It's a great tune. Like, I don't, oh, great, sorry, great film, like. I've put obviously I've got a mate who won't watch musicals. I think he won't even watch the Blues Brothers because um, watching singing on film freaks him out. Really? Yeah, yeah. He says I'm not doing. I'll watch you, and I go, go on, just try this sort of thing. Like, I'm not trying to get him to watch a Vita or anything sort of thing where they're singing yeah. about how hot, hot they want coffee. Yeah. Like, but like, um, like yeah, he just like he just wouldn't do it. Like you know, it's quite mad that I I I think I probably held a similar opinion until recently. I, I think I would never choose to really watch a musical as such, but then I've I I really 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 enjoyed the late that Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman recently. I thought they were brilliant. 
I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, um, but not watched Rocket Man. But I think Rocket Man's supposed to be the better of the two, isn't it? Rocket Man's very much more the musical type. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. all uh, big outfits, and you know, there's scene changes halfway through, so it is very much a musical. But uh, yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. What uh, Blues Brothers again? You know, what 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 stood out to you about that in particular? Well, there's the that twelve bar blues riff in there in it that everybody knows. I mean, did they call it like Detroit blues or something like that? Like, um, I'm not entirely sure. It's just great. It's just a great movie sort of thing. Like, you know, the amount of cameos and stuff just unbelievable, and the amount of like amazing um, like people in it is just yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I've gone off track. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. Don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about it. We're yeah. talking about the Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. It is, it's a great movie sort of thing. I think like uh, I'm not really a massive, massive movie musical fan sort of thing. Like, I mm. think like um, I did enough of the stint of that when um, the kids are growing up and you're watching like sort of high school musical and all that sort of stuff like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, if I'm going to listen to music most of the time, it's just sort of like um, it's most of the time just sat down, actually listening to it. Yeah, get your head lost in it. There's not wrong with that, mate. Instead of watching watching somebody acting their way through a vocal. Yeah. <laughs> so, if Leeds Johnson was a genre of music, what would you be? I'm going for experimental rock. I think you could put most of the stuff that I like in this category for a start. Like, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit. Um, it's a bit all-encompassing, isn't it? Experimental rock. Experimental rock sort of thing. Like, you know, it's kind of like, um, like what sort of like stuff did you play in your bands? Like similar sort of stuff like, um, or is it just sort of just like pop stuff or what? I, I played in, I played in several, several bands for years, different times. There was some like classic rock band that I played in who weren't like classic rock. They played like it, but, uh, they were quite current at the time, and then there was some sort of sixties sort of Motown backed stuff that I played with, and there was standard middle of the road indie stuff, you know that kind of palaver. Yeah, I think. Did you want like because um, like I mean, I played in bands and written my own stuff for for a long while since I was about eighteen, sort of thing, like. Mm. And um, like you draw your influences from kind of everywhere, like. But most of the time most of the stuff that I've tried to do is um, is just like just a little bit different than what I've listened to if that makes sense mm. never really sort of never really massively out of the box from a music point of view sort of thing like but experimental is definitely bringing synths into guitar into heavy guitar music and all that palaver like, um, it was mainly like a, like at one time I used to have like a big rack of um, effects and stuff like that mm. and as well like a a big monster magnet fan um and like um so like like just sort of like um like you know stack delays and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and yeah, sort yeah. of uh, like yeah just making things like washes of noise and all of that sort of stuff like you know well, well we'll pick up a chat between us about delays and stuff like that we'll not bore people on air with it because that is that is like my kind of forte that we'll definitely talk about that um, as you say in business, we'll take this offline. We'll take this offline. Yeah. So, so, so favorite band of all time, and you've got to answer it. I go for Zappa. Yeah. 
There you go. Yeah, dead easy. Um, I think Zappa at the moment, anyway. Like, um, if if you if you invite me back, um, it might be different. Yeah, um, yeah. But the last couple of years, it's been Zappa, so definitely. Yeah, yeah. And you will go away from this and look at these questions again in three or four weeks' time and say, I want to pick this different, I want to pick that different. But this gives an absolute overview of where you're at at the moment, obviously. That's the one sort of thing, like, you know, there's no, like, I think if you if you, if you you dig music sort of thing, like, you know, like, um, like you, you're just kind of growing all the time, aren't you? You listen to sort of different stuff, like, you know, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, uh, yeah, it changes all the time. That's, a, that's the fun thing about it. Exactly, exactly. And it's all mood related as well, isn't it? One day you'll wake up and think, I want to listen to this. And, you know, the next day it's something completely different. It's, yeah. you know, over there, 50 mile that way. And yeah, it's, 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 it's the beautiful thing about it all. And that probably throws us quite well onto this next one, because I found your, your favourite album all time. I found this quite a bizarre choice amongst everything else that we've, we've talked about. Well, it's got, the, it's got the comedy element. I love Extreme by Benji Hughes. Yeah. Like, um, if you, uh, do you know much about the the dude? Like, no, I don't. I'm I'm hoping you will elaborate for he's, us because he's like um, he's this massive um, guy. I mean, sort of like big built sort of thing, dude. Like you know, like beautiful long white flowing hair. Just wears a set of like shades all the time and i think he's just like he's he's i think he's just a complete dropout but um he, he writes amazing songs they're, they're really really good sort of thing like you know and quite funny as well sort of kind of going back to like the 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 comedy element sort of thing like you know quite like um like you know quite observational and quite sort of funny in places like you mentioned when we were talking about gigs before you mentioned john grant as well yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, I've I've picked up on some of his stuff. I think he's. I can understand the comedy element of that. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, he's got quite quite a bit of. Um, yeah, it's it's very like um, the some of the stuff with John Grant is he's very serious, and then he'll throw in an odd line, and you go, that line's totally stupid, but it's yeah, you know, yeah. it's brilliant anyway. Like just his album covers give John Grant away. The bizarre, but this. <laughs> This yeah. Love Extreme, what, what were the standout tracks to you on Love Extreme, ben, Benji Hughes? What, what what was it that drew you the to it? Kind of, the one that got me into him was yeah. um, like, um, Neighbour Down the Hall, which kind of appeared um, on my sort of, hang on, on my um, recommended list from Spotify. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, without him sort of like, um, like sort of like, it's just like an ode to people that he lives with. Um, like, or the saying like um i'll you know stop stop um, being um stop telling me off about playing me sort of music too loud right. because i'm a part of the, i'm part of the neighborhood neighborhood watch and right. like, you know if there's, um, if there's any hoodlums like around the the area i like um like you know i'll i'll track them down and all that sort of stuff so like don't be down on me playing my music loud and all that sort of stuff it's a proper stone he's a like i said he's a proper sort of like um a stoner approach to sort of um music but it's still quite funny like and it was his debut that one in 2008 debut so yeah absolutely like um as well as sort of like um there's a track called i went to see some friends i'm oh, sorry i went with some friends to see the flaming lips right. was the name, name of one of the tracks and like um one of his mates um takes too much mdma and right. he's, he's spent they spend half of the gig looking after him but like um, it's like, like like weird little stories about things that happen to him like you know yeah, I think I think there's probably several people that have been in that position looking after friends at gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, like I've done it myself. 
once um, when um, the first there was um, a gig in Warrington, acid rain, and um, like it was like a metal gig, and it was yeah. at the par all, uh-huh. and everybody was um, stage diving. And like, um, I was like 15, first time I'd ever like stage dove, if that's the correct yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Stage dived, dived, uh, stage dived, jumped yeah, off, and, and then I was carried all the way back in, in my big sort of DMs because yeah. I'm uh, like, um, I'm quite lanky sort of thing. Like, right. um, that was great, really enjoyed it sort of thing. So, straight back up, straight onto the stage, and then the, every the second time everybody saw me coming and um, moved. And have you ever, like, um, you know, taught how, how high the stage is at the um, yeah. RO? It's a, it's a good sort of, it's about five foot, and I basically landed on my on, on my coccyx and then Whoa. spent the rest, spent the rest of the gig just at the side, just sort of like basically trying to get my lungs back in my nose. It was um, it, it was tough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, Go on, where were we? We were just um, talking about gigs off the uh, went with some friends to watch Flaming Lips gig. That's the one, yeah, yeah. I think we've all had them. I think, like, uh, I think that it sums me up. Mad, mad um, tunes and mad gigs. I think, um, like, you know, yeah, it's it, 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 it's definitely um, like um, that'll be me in a nutshell. So the the way that you came about this track that you just explained there, you you discovered this Benji Hughes through your Spotify uh, recommendations, which I th- I. I think is a, it's a great thing the, the way that you know Spotify works and churns out. We think you might like you know your weekly yeah, playlist. Yeah. Or whatever. So we, we we asked the question to you, which was your favourite song of all time, and you told us that you didn't want to answer that because you've got a better idea. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, like I quite it. like this concept, and I know that you've already shared it into the group. Yeah. Um, and I hope that people do jump on board with this because I think that it's a, a very quick fire way of mixing new finds for people. Um, yeah, yeah. And, docu- and documentary. So do you just want to have a quick chat with us about, you know, this collaborative playlist that you you came up with yeah it was um me and me bro do something like um we have done for the last couple of years where we just um like we'll say right you've got you've got to put three songs in a playlist every one you know once a month and like you know the playlist might be just like the best 80 songs or like you know the the heaviest songs and stuff like that so we've kind of been doing that for a few years and then we kind of ran out of ideas so i came up with this thing called um and the playlist is if you want to search for it on spotify heads 2021 and um essentially it's like just add in um one track each week or two tracks each week one's got to be from your weekly recommended and the second one has to be from um your release radar so weekly recommended is on a monday release radar is on a friday and um my thought was it it's like it it like you said, lots of different people sort of thing, just adding in tune. So one, you get a repository of just sort of like, you know, what other people are listening to or what other people are finding interesting. Mm. 
And then um, you're also getting um, new releases that you may not have um, may not have even known, sort of thing. Like you know, so do you you do this? You go through your release radar and go, Jesus Christ, I I didn't know that they got an album out, sort of thing. You're like, wow, they've just dropped an album, like you know, because I don't really read um, NME and music news and all that sort of stuff because it just seems to be like uh, like there just seems to be too much on the internet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's too, too many places to look for new music, sort of thing. Like, so it's like, um, f- f- like we're, we're dropping it into your sort of like um, into your ears, like you know, each week is probably the best way, really, above anything else. Like, rather than reading up on it. Yeah, well, I did this very similar thing. My my brother, my older brother Tom, he uh, we used to just share bits and bats with each other from our weekly release radars and you can actually you you can share your your recommended with each other can't you so that you you know that you can see what crops up on each other's That's and right, uh, yeah. so i ended up finding a whole i was i ended up finding out that i was into a whole different genre of music that i never even knew about um i found out that you know um i mentioned on my podcast about the north borders bonobo yeah. and um bonobo which then led to Fevery Corporation, which led to um, George Fitzgerald, uh, you know, Air Zero oh, Seven, yeah. all of those kind of things that are all in there. Oh, um, like, um, like you, what you've only just got into Zero Seven, like, or well, no, not really. I was well into right, that, right. but I mean, it's that it's that ilk um, of music, yeah. um, and literally, I go, I, I changed from Spotify because I had a. I, just a personal choice when, when I found out that somebody that I knew had had 20 million streams and got paid 120 pound. Oh yeah, like. and, and I was like, right, I'm fucking making a stand. I'm going to spend me 10 pound a month somewhere else. So I've gone to Apple music, which is probably just as bad. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but it's really, tough, isn't it? Yeah. But I really do miss that. I really do miss those, those great algorithms and those ways of discovering music. I reckon Spotify is very good for that. They just need to yeah. stop being a bunch of pricks and pay their artists. I know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, like, um, I, I'd l- listen to sort of like, um, the first, um, couple of podcasts that you guys have been doing mm-hmm. and like, um, like I think Martin was saying that he still sort of, um, he still, um, buys, um, a lot sort of thing. Like, Mm. buys vinyl a lot sort of thing like you know i've not got i've not had a record player or or cd player for years and years to be honest mm. like so it's just like completely got out of that and not really a massive amount of disposable income sort of thing like so it's kind of like uh, the easiest way to actually think about yeah it is 100%. no i get i get i get the beauty of the accessibility i totally do and i you know I, like i say i subscribe myself i just think yeah. that, that they've got it wrong at the other end yeah, but it's, it's like there's all of these things, and it? it's like, um, yeah, do I really want to sort of like? Um, it, I guess it's like, like, um, yeah, do I really want to sort of pay Amazon, sort of thing, like you know, to deliver stuff to me out, sort of thing, when they aren't like you know, allegedly aren't paying tax and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. I think like um, it, it's tough because it's it's like you know you like um do i really want to go and pay like um, a, a higher price for trainers when i can get them at sports direct for half the price sort of thing yeah, yeah. but I have, to, I have to put money into the the pocket of the twat who owns it it's it, it like um yeah the like uh, modern dichotomies man yeah exactly problems, lad. yeah exactly the swinging the swinging moral compass <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tough it, it really is like you know like um like it it, it doesn't really bother me that much I, mm. like, I don't really like um i like you know 
I don't really sort of not get like it's for lack of sleep and all of that sort of stuff, but it is still a bit tough in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. So the final question to wrap up this uh, this wonderful chat that we've had, your guilty pleasure. Uh, this, um, my guilty player is, is Sia, right? Okay. Um, I never realised she was in Zero Seven. Right, okay. Right, until I watched some real old glass and be footage, and I went, yeah. like, it's not, that's not Sia, is it? Because, like, um, like, we're having two teenage kids. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, like the, they've got this, like, this weird, and I'd never really listened to Sia before. Mm. Um, like you know she's got like weird air and i've never really sort of paid much attention to like um her stuff and then and then realized it was the same artist and i went well maybe i should sort of like um stop judging a book by its cover sort of thing and start listening to sort of stuff and i was like wow like you know like i'm um, really blown away by a mm. uh, album some people have real problems is just like oh it's, it's mint sort of thing like you know yeah, I don't. I don't really like a lot of the auto tune stuff that the kind of like that she puts out at the moment, sort of thing. Like, but um, like she, she did a great um, album last year um, with. Hang on a minute, let's find out. So I don't embarrass myself. Um, Labyrinth and Diplo. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing like, and there's one. Like, um, one one of the tracks on there, um, um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. No new friends, I think it is. Um, was was just like, oh my god, this is like just amazing. Just makes your 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 hairs hairs on your arms stand up. It's brilliant. Like, I think I, I don't think many people will have known that. You know, like you said, I didn't know that she was in zero seven, and you know, she'd been active in the music industry for 24 years before she released that chandelier. Was it that boomed her into, yeah. Yeah, into the upper echelons of musical stardom ship? Absolutely, um, yeah. But I, I think that she, um, I think that she's phenomenal on um, Simple Things album. Um, yeah, totally. I think like that's what like um, a voice is just like is, is just been absolutely you know it's been amazing. Yeah, like, uh, everything I've ever heard her sing on has just been her uh, voice is just like oh my god, it's just absolutely cracking. Like you know, and I think like um, that's like um, that that it literally stemmed on from loving loving the stuff that she'd done on sort of zero seven, like you know, to yeah. like um, to the stuff that she's doing now. It's like um, I think it's weird. I think. I think if some people hadn't realised that it was her and they did the chandelier, which is a great tune, we can't take that away. It's a great pop song. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the fact though, the way that she uses, you, you know, masking her identity and covering her face and her crazy hair and her stupid outfits and stuff like that, it kind of gave her that ability to have two careers, didn't it? Because yeah. she, she'd done this, you know, how many records? Is that, how, how many albums is that? Zero, so simple things. How many copies is that sold? She, yeah. she's got. You know, she's got to have been a little bit looked after with, you know, her appearance on that. And then, you know, out of nowhere to some people, here she is with these huge pop songs. And yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like, um, it's nice to discover that. And like, um, a, a lot of people will like the artist and then go back. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people may have like uh, listened to and gone, oh, Chandelier was brilliant. And then gone back and found Zero Seven. It kind of, uh, for me, it kind of worked the, the other way around sort of thing. Like, you know, it's like, um, but no matter which way you go, it's always great, isn't it? To sort of like, um, like you know, find new, find new tunes to listen to is great. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. So I've just read it here that she wrote that titanium, you know, David Guetta. Yeah, yeah. She sang, um, yeah, she sang on that. So, but she wrote it as well. So that was quite interesting. Something yeah, that I did. Yeah, I think like if you listen to like um, some people have real problems. I'd say like um, one of the albums that I really kind of got into her from sort of thing. Mm. Like mm. Um, I, I get the feeling she wrote like um, you know pretty much everything on, on there sort of thing. And like there's just some great tunes on there. They're just really well crafted, really well crafted pop tunes. And like um, like you know with a with a fantastic voice, you kind of you kind of um, you kind of complain that. So I think that you have just established there, I think we both have that, I can't accept that as a guilty pleasure. So we'll just say that you failed on the guilty pleasure <laughs> because she's, she's actually well, a bit of a musical legend. So we'll... Uh... I think it was a guilty pleasure for me. Right. I think like uh, I'd seen the artist and gone, ah, I'm not listening to that because of like, you know, like him, like because of like, you know, um, chandelier and stuff like that, which isn't really kind of my sort of cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so my guilty pleasure is, is, is dismissing it in initially and then, um, and then give myself a kick up the arse when I realized it was thingy. So like, um, I'll, I'll tell myself off, I think for that one. You know? Yeah. I judged the book by its cover and, um, I was bitten in the arse. Don't do it again. Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> Lise, it's come to the end of the uh come to the end of the, the questions, come to the end of the chat. Thank you. Cheers, man. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've had a great time. It's really good to talk to you. Uh, there's some great albums and some great recommendations there that people can take away from this. Obviously, as I mentioned, the uh, Spotify playlist will be posted at the same time that we release this episode online. And if you haven't already subscribed to Everyday Music People, please go ahead and subscribe. As I say, it helps us in the search engines and helps us get recognized. Absolutely. Please, thank you very much, mate. I will look forward to having a chat with you offline about delay pedals. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, John. Thanks for your time, mate. Take care, pal. See you now. Yeah, bye. Hi, it's me again. If you've got this far, it means you've actually took the time to listen to one of our podcasts, for which I'm sincerely really grateful. Please follow us if you can and keep your eye out for, for more of these as they come along. And if you like it that much, it'd be great if you could give us a review. Be really, really happy if you could do that for us. If you haven't already, if you could join the Facebook group, there's lots of chat that goes beyond podcasts on there for like-minded people who just really dig music. It's called Everyday Music People Group. Well, not group, Everyday Music People. You'll find us there. If you're interested on being on the show, you can either contact us through the Facebook group or there is an email address which is everydaymusicpeople at gmail.com, all one word. Once again, thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next cast. Bye.